Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This may seem a little bit unusual, but this morning we're going to chat about Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, the author. I mean, he wrote stories that we are still telling in different versions all these years later. The Raven, The Telltale Heart, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Black Cat, oh, The Purloined Letter. That is a classic story. His death, though, more than 170 years ago, has always been shrouded in mystery, much like what he used to write. He was found outside an electoral polling station in Baltimore, found delirious. He'd been missing for a week, and he died before anyone could really found out, find out how he had gotten into that position. He was only 40 years old at the time. So it is a mystery that has continued to fascinate people all these years later. And now there is even a new theory about what might have happened to him. To learn more about that, we're joined by Mark Tvitzak, who's an author of A Mystery of Mysteries, The Death and Life of Edgar Allan Poe. Mark, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Why does Poe fascinate you so much? Well, I've carried Poe through my, throughout my entire life, and I think he fascinates all of us. <laughs> the, the author of these, as you say, these wonderful stories that we all get when uh, we are in school and then throughout uh, upper education all the way through university and college. How can you not be fascinated with somebody who, who produced the telltale heart and the cask of Amontillado and the mask of the red death? So, and then you have this, 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 this mystery of his death, the, the, the fellow who created the modern detective story and the modern horror story dies under circumstances which are reflective of his two greatest literary achievements. He dies under circumstances which would not be out of place in one of his own horror stories. And he leaves us with a mystery, not just a mystery, but a double-barreled mystery. Uh, we have the mystery of what killed him. And then we have the mystery of the missing days. That's the greatest literary stage exit of all time. <laughs> it really is. I under, it's almost as if a PR agent stepped in and said, you know, Eddie, the best thing for you would be to die at 40 under circumstances which are just like one of your stories. That is so and true. How, how did you go about even yes. how did you go about even trying to look into this or solve this? And we're talking 170 years ago. That's right. And 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 to, and and in some cases it can never definitively be solved. I I've been very clear about that right from the start. There was no autopsy and even if there had been one it would have been worthless because the 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 era of the modern autopsy did not come into being until the Civil War. That's when we got very good at cutting up bodies. So there was no autopsy, no death certificate. There's no surviving soft tissue that could be subjected to modern forensics. Um, there, the witnesses that do exist to pose death are unreliable or contradictory. In fact, some of them contradict themselves, most notably the attending physician who left behind three accounts of Poe's death, each one wildly different. He even goes so far as to change the time of death and Poe's last words. So you do have an element of this to say, you know, uh, you, you, you can't definitively prove this one way or the other, but I think you can come up with a, a compelling theory as to how he died. 
And you approach it as a detective. You have you treat every symptom. And by the way, we're up to about 26 theories as to how Poe died. And you treat each one as a suspect. And you see who do you always have back in the room as your person of interest? Who are your major accomplices in all of this? And then you do your your groundwork like a detective. So I talk to medical historians, forensic pathologists, forensic archaeologists, an FBI agent, a detective, uh, post scholars, and you, you you put each theory to the test. And along the way in this book, I, I, I somewhat um, disprove some of the existing theories, or, or at least say it's unlikely he died of this, this, or this, and say this is the one that uh, I isolate as the prime suspect in all of this. Okay, what is the one that you identified as the prime suspect? Well, it's kind of out there. I, I, I you know, I don't want to ruin the book for people who are going to read it, but it's been written. I, I, I believe that he was surrounded his entire life by tuberculosis. And I believe tuberculosis is always in the room. It always seems to be there. And certainly the, uh, the, the, what we know of how he died does fit not only tuberculosis, but specifically tuberculosis meningitis. Um, so if I, if I had to say, uh, that, would be, that would be my theory. And then I would say the primary accomplices are poverty and alcohol, because alcohol is a problem for him. Not the problem we usually think it is. Poe was not perpetually drunk. He had long, long periods of sobriety. But he was probably allergic to alcohol. It took very little drink to make Poe roaring drunk. Uh, From college on, the record is clear. He did not savor a drink. He did not sip a drink. He would throw down the first one. And then it seemed like he'd been drinking for hours. And then it took a long time for him to recover from that. Like, it wasn't just a simple hangover for Poe. It took a couple of days to get over any bout of drinking. So periodically, alcohol is a problem for him, and it has a devastating effect on his system. Um, but he is not perpetually drunk. Remember, Poe only lived to be 40. And one of the things I love about uh, doing this book is that when people learned I was writing about Edgar Allan Poe, they would say to me in almost a beatific way, oh, I love Edgar Allan Poe. And then they would say, and I could almost move my lips with them, I've read everything he's written. And I would always, I wouldn't say it, but I'd always think, no, you haven't. (laughs) Poe's collected works in the early 1900s filled 17 volumes. And very, very little of it is what we think of as spooky stuff. He was a very careful, exacting, versatile writer. He was also athletic. We don't think of Poe as athletic. He had a sense of humor. We don't think of Poe as having a sense of humor. So another reason I wrote the book was to dispel the myths. But let me, though, ask you about one of the more unusual aspects of what you write about in your book, that it might have something to do with an election that was going on at that time when Poe died. That could explain the missing days. Um, Baltimore, there was an election going on. And Baltimore was a rough town. Baltimore's nickname was Mob Town. And even by now, if, if you had if any eastern seaboard town that had a harbor would have had a very, very rough neighborhood and, and, you know, don't go to that part of town. So not only did was Baltimore a pretty tough town by those standards, they would riot at the drop of a hat and they took their rioting very seriously. When they rioted, they'd drive the mayor and the sheriff out of town, and they would burn down the houses of, of leading citizens, and it would take days to restore order. 
and during election time, people would get shanghaied and they would be turned into repeat voters. These gangs of political thugs would, would kidnap people and make them vote. They, they were taken from polling place to polling place. And there was an election going on during this time. The, the, the practice became known as cooping because in between voting, they would be cooped. They would be kept in a coop or a pen or whatever you want to call it. And so the practice became known as cooping. And Baltimore had refined this to a, to a, a fine art. And uh, it's a very good explanation as for the missing days, as what happened to Poe before he died. It does not necessarily tell us how he died, what he died of, because if he was very sick and he was kept under these circumstances where it was cold, it was a very cold, wet, chilly October when Poe got stranded there. If uh, he was kept under those conditions in that kind of weather, it could have seriously undermined his health. So right. it's a very good explanation. Problem is we don't have any witnesses. Nobody's right. ever stepped forward to say, I saw that. But as you point out, though, there's something about his death that has uh, all these years later, and we're talking about an author from the 18, you know, 30s and 40s, um, who is still so popular today, you could say that maybe his death has helped keep that popularity around. That's why I reversed the title, is the death and life. I reversed, first off, it, it, with with most biographies, you start where you're supposed to start when somebody is right. born. With Poe, it almost seems to be reversed. We always seem to start with his death. We always seem to start the discussion with his death. So that's one reason I reversed that title. But the other reason is Poe's going to escape the grave. Poe is going to emerge from the grave as the most popular American writer in the world, not just in his own country, but in the world. We market Poe. There are Poe plushies, action figures, tea tins, socks, ties. There are more marketing and merchandising items devoted to Edgar Allan Poe than any other author in the history of the planet, including Shakespeare. And, and he's read. The thing about it is we so all true. get the telltale heart. We all get the raven. So we not only recognize Poe, his face, we recognize his stories. And that's not true of any other author. That is so true. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for talking to us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.